Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me as always is Billboard.com senior editor Katie Atkinson. Hello, Katie. Hi, Keith. How are you? I am just Jim Dandy. How are you? Jim Dandy? Jim Dandy. Okay. I'm Spiffy-licious and Jim Dandy. <laughs> Let's get this thing going then. Um, well, you know, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. Boo. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion and some sing-songiness about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. This week on the show... We welcome special guest Jordan Smith. He's the most recent winner of The Voice, and his debut album, Something Beautiful, enters the charts this week. He recently stopped by our New York office, and he sat down for a quick chat with our other co-director of charts, Gary Trost. Uh, So stay tuned for our interview with Jordan later on in the show. And since we have a winner of The Voice on the show this week, we thought... Well, more like Katie thought. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we thought we would theme this episode around television singing competition series and the stars they have generated. So we'll be discussing The Voice, the final season of American Idol, our favorite contestants from those shows and beyond, and count down the top five biggest selling Idol contestants ever. In addition to all that, We'll be talking about how Gwen Stefani gets her first solo number one album on the Billboard 200 chart with her new set, This Is What the Truth Feels Like, and how she's one of an elite group of artists to have earned number one albums as part of a group and as a solo act. But before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode, and give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. Now, before we actually get started, 
or you know more started than we've already have. <laughs> um, the gentleman I just mentioned, Gary Trust, has his own new podcast that just started. It's the Chartbeat Podcast. Um, it started uh, this week, uh, yesterday actually, on Monday. Um, and uh, I, if you haven't gone to listen to it yet, I'm not going to spoil uh, what the topic is, but Chart Geeks will really dig this. Um, it's a new Chartbeat podcast, and he has a very special guest in the first episode. Um, and uh, yeah, so you can not only hear Gary's voice today on the show, but also in his own podcast, which evidently has its own original theme music that I think Gary wrote. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we have a spinoff. It's like the 70s sitcoms that like have a like have the, a, their own spinoff and they introduce the new character on the on the show sure. before going into the the new we, TV we, show. We are the, we are the, we are the OG podcast at Billboard. Yeah. We were the first. So now we like we have Gary on the show interviewing Jordan and then we spin it off into his own show, his own universe. Right. It's I kinda, love it. It's kind of like um oh man, Katie and I fell into a hole about this where I didn't realize or I maybe kind of forgot that just the 10 of us was a spinoff of no, growing pains of growing oh wait no i was thinking the other one family matters was a spinoff of perfect strangers oh yeah this oh man you could really go deep so, on that so, so let's we'll, not we'll, we'll just stop <laughs> all right so we have different kinds of tv shows to discuss today yeah yeah exactly thank you for the segue yeah you're, you're welcome <clears throat> so let's let's talk tv specifically singing competitions on tv um katie is a big fan of american idol and have you seen all of the seasons? Like every episode? Pretty basically? much. Um, I, I definitely have some so blind in, spots. So in season 12, episode 4, mm-hmm. when the... When Mariah and Nikki tore each other's hair out. <laughs> was that... This, it was That was their season. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, since you are, are a, a frequent watcher and an expert, um, I, I want to get your expert opinion on this stuff. Because um, I, I used to watch Idol mostly kind of regularly but then i you know fell off the wagon like most of us have but you know why is it that these shows like the voice and american idol have been so successful with tv viewers um between its second and 11th season american idol was averaging over 20 million viewers weekly this year it's getting around eight or nine million that's still pretty great considering the tv landscape yeah. has you know expanded so much and we've lost so many viewers but you know it's not a phenomenon like it was in the ye olden days so you know why is it that these shows connect so well uh, to sort of a mass populace of people for me it's like the unpredictability of the moments that come from the show mm-hmm. that like make you tune in and i think if you look at this season of american idol there's so many examples already and you thought like oh you know it can't have these big cultural moments anymore because not as many people are watching but then kelly clarkson comes on and sings this emotional song that makes all of america cry simultaneously and then ends up getting this big hit on the charts on like totally unexpectedly with piece by piece certainly helps that i mean it is there's some irony there that in order for american idol to capture some sort of like zeitgeist moment with like a, a a amazing TV moment, and it's like the first one they've had probably, you know, in years. It had to have been done with the first winner of the first season of American Idol. Yes, but then there's also the contestant LaPortia this season, right. who also is striking a chord with people. You talked about how, like, your Twitter feed, like, all you hear about is LaPortia on Idol Night. And she had the performance of Mary J. Blige's No More Drama that was this incredibly poignant, emotional 
thing that after like this intro package of her talking about her history of abuse, of mm. domestic abuse, that then she sings the lyric, you can beat me, you can kill me, and like gets through it and like sings this power note at the end. And once again, everybody's crying simultaneously and talking about it the next day. Like, it still has the capability of those moments. As long as they have, like, I mean, because the show, it's live-ish. Yeah. No, it's live. live it's live. live. I mean, for West Coast viewers it's like the, ourselves, yeah. we're watching three hours later. Right. So, you know, but stay off Twitter. Is that, I mean, much like, you know, like award shows and sports events, this kind of show, it's bread and butter, is like the live moment. Yes. And it's like, you know, they need to... They need to be able to create those moments that are unique and you want to be there in the moment. And I think it's just for so long, you know, people like they've generated such kind of like bland performers. I mean, you know, when you think of the Lita Wises and the the Lita Wise and the Philip Phillips and it got a little bit, you know, I mean, they are not Adam Lambert. They are, they are not Kelly. They aren't Carrie. They don't have that, that spark. And I, I don't know. Is it just because like the voting public that watches idol just, got older and more boring i mean or like is it you know who the judges are putting through or think people will like and or I, whatever i whatever. mean there's a you know a multitude of reasons but and the reason I, yeah but the voice since we have jordan on too i mean the voice obviously is still capturing this you know is still a ratings you know boom for nbc yeah they're doing like three seasons a year i think two i think it's two, two seasons, seasons a, year. a year they're doing a lot of seasons they're doing a lot of seasons with a rotating cast of huge celebrity judges or coaches and people once again like to see like Christina Aguilera on live TV every week is something that people want to see well, you know why, why speaking of the voice why hasn't the voice been able to turn out a Kelly Clarkson or Carrie Underwood type you know performer in terms of the success because the voice has had like you know Cassidy Pope kind of did okay Jordan, she's still doing well for she, herself but she's not carrie underwood no this is true you know, jordan smith you know has a has a great debut on the charts mm-hmm. this week however um you know it is to be seen how his career will pan out and in general the voice has had really sort of mediocre performance on the charts is it because the coaches are the stars of that show i would because i know my friends yes. who are obsessed with that show they who, tune in to watch adam and blake yeah, be funny they're obsessed with adam and blake yeah. totally that's what you hear them talk about like uh, adam levine and blake shelton who are coaches in the show along with you know another rotating two chairs usually it's pharrell gwen stefani christina aguilera or um gwen stefani oh, you said gwen stefani I said uh, shakira uh, shakira usher mm-hmm. you know it's some it's some sort of blend of some other coaches mm-hmm. and people tune in to see the reactions of the coaches and the coaches be funny with one another um, but also, I think there's a lot of people tuning in to The Voice to see, you know, the surprising contestants. Like, you know, the the and it, it's the people that don't fit the mold of what a pop star is supposed I to mean, look Melanie and sound like. I mean, Melanie Martinez has had success past the show, and she her whole thing on The Voice was doing these very like you know a little bit creepy performances. Like that was her thing, and she's you know gotten a huge fan well, base and, out of it. And Christina Grimmie was sort of a, a personality before she was on The Voice. Oh, did she have like a YouTube presence before that? I I I I actually wasn't familiar with her before The Voice. I I think that she did. She's Um, adorable. I mean, but (laughs) still, none of them are. And I just think, I think maybe. Maybe you tune in to watch like the the fun singers and and root for people, but you're you're not getting the surprise factor of a Carrie and Kelly. Yeah, it's and it also it's just the landscape of how to how 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 to to discover music, how to discover music and musicians, and how to promote music is just Mm -hmm. so much more different than what it was 15 years ago when Kelly was on the scene. 
We didn't have iTunes when American Idol well, started. Well, we were talking about back in the day <laughs> didn't have YouTube. Um, of Idol when they were when they first put the music onto iTunes, which was like in the mid, I think it was like maybe season six or seven. Yeah. It was pretty late. They, when they put the music on iTunes, they hid them from the iTunes charts right. because they didn't want it to give away who would win. And none of that was reported to Nielsen or Billboard either. Now, fast forward to The Voice where they freely let people be on their iTunes charts. We've There have been debuts on the Hot 100 from The Voice yep. multiple times. Like uh, as they were on the show. Jordan's it. been yeah. on our charts already. He said number one hits on our charts. Yeah, so like it's it's a totally, it's just a completely different landscape. Yeah. Um, you know, the, in the past couple of years, Idol, as we've said, is, has struggled to maintain relevancy, not just with TV ratings, but also with actually producing su- successful talent. Uh, the last contestant to really make waves, I think, on the charts was 2012's winner, Philip Phillips, who had one you know really big album and a massive hit in Home. Uh, Home was like the theme song. Of the for, Olympics. Uh, well, not the entire Olympics, but I think. The Summer like, Olympics that year. Like That's the gymnastics just, team. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Um, and, you know, then it became like this big, huge hit for him. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, however, the hits pretty much dried up for Idol. Um is there anyone on the current season, uh, we mentioned LaPorsha, um, of Idol that will be able to turn the tide? Like, is there anyone that on this season, even from folks that may have already been eliminated, that you think really has that spark of, you know, possibly becoming successful? Not necessarily the next carry, because that's that's a tall order. But, like, you know, aside from LaPorsha, who everyone seems to think is going to be amazing, um, you know, who is there anyone else that we're not thinking of? Well, I have to say I've been a big fan of Trent Harmon, who is has this kind of like country R&B blues vibe. And he actually even sang a Chris Stapleton song, which when he sang that, like to me, it, I like saw that as a possibility for his career. And I don't think he's, you know, like said that he's out and out country, but I could see him making like kind of Jason Isbell style country mm-hmm. music where it's like it's more like bluesy, rocky country music. And that genre has been kind to Idol alums. And so yeah. it's that's totally a possibility. Yeah. Um, there's another girl who has already been eliminated who is named Avalon Young, who I could really see just striking a chord with a younger audience. And like you were saying earlier, the, the Idol audience has aged. Yeah. And so... You know, maybe the moms didn't get Avalon. She definitely, she's almost like a lady Justin Bieber. Like, she has kind of this, like, (laughs) swaggy vibe where she's, like, um, she does a lot of runs in her music, has this really, like, smooth voice. And you could totally see her singing, like, Love Yourself by Justin Bieber. Um, That's totally her vibe. And if she connects with, like, an online audience after Idol, I could see her doing well, too. Well... We've talked about her briefly before, but we should talk about LaPortia. Yes. Uh, LaPortia Renee. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Yeah. Um, you know, I fell into a YouTube uh, rabbit hole. As Keith is wont to do. Well, no, because I, <laughs> I, so far I, I had seen her performances of uh, Diamonds um, and No More Drama. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, you know, let me, let, I was just like, I wonder if these are the only two that are really big. Because I don't watch Idol. Right. Full disclosure. Um, but I do watch the occasional YouTube clip. Mm-hmm. And the ones that I had seen were the ones, those two performances. And I thought, well, let me see if she's just good in these two. I'm like, maybe she just had two really good weeks. And so I went and I watched her do uh, Come Together mm. by the Beatles, which was great. Then I saw her uh, duet with Fantasia doing Summertime. I'm like, well, that was yeah. great. And then she did, um, oh gosh, what was there another one that I watched? Uh I forget what the other one was. Uh, I mean, everyone I watched was just like, well, these are all great. She's so consistent. It's like, (laughs) 
her, like you expect you're you're waiting for like a bat like a bum note or yeah. something from her. It doesn't exist. Yeah, like it doesn't exist. She just like just like emotes the the sound like the music out of her like being. And and what's interesting about her and she's clearly the favorite. And Kelly Clarkson when she was the guest judge uh, earlier this season, she yeah. So that was weeks ago now. And she was it, just it was like, actually before she, it was before Kelly was a guest judge. She tweeted. If LaPorsha doesn't win this season, right. something's gone wrong. And then when Kelly was on and she was giving her critique of LaPorsha, she said, effectively, you know, look, you're going to win. Yeah. I mean, and, she, and she and she's like, you know, and she's like, I love all of you guys, basically to the other contestants yeah. that were still on stage. Like, she's like, sorry, not sorry. She's like, I mean, come on. Um, and what's interesting about her voice is that it's 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 unique and similar to Fantasia's in mm-hmm. a way. Um, and that's why their duet together was you know, perfect. But, um, you know, when on the one hand you think, well, her voice, because of its sort of uniqueness, might be limiting in a way mm. because you think like, well, you want to hear more of a range perhaps. At least in my brain I was thinking that because I was just like, hmm, I wonder like can she go outside that that sort of range that she has? And she can. And I think what's more interesting about it is that she's able to kind of arrange a song and deliver a song and tell a story that you may think you know mm-hmm. but you don't mm-hmm. because she will sing a song like come together or diamonds or whatever it is and twist it enough and tell a story with the way she's singing it and the way she performs it on stage where and i think harry connick jr said it one night he's like you know you're able to tell a story with this song in like two minutes from a beginning middle end and you have an arc in the performance that usually people can't do. You can't communicate that. Yeah. And I see it. And I and that's I'm like, well, what Harry just said is what I was thinking. Like she you you get a full package in each performance. Well, and you mentioned come together and our colleague Fred actually did an interview with LaPorsha and, and asked was talking to her about Fred her Bronson. come together yeah. performance. And you know, you look at those lyrics, they're a little gibberishy, you know? <laughs> so when you're talking about telling a story with Come Together, it's kind of like, uh, it's a hard thing to do. She mentioned to Fred that she found out that each of the verses in Come Together was um, about one of the Beatles, which I had never heard that what? before. Like, each verse was, like, was assigned to one Beatle, like, as far as their personality, whatever goes. I don't know if they each wrote one or if they... But, like, that's what she told him. She said once she heard that... It like allowed her to like understand where each verse was coming from and tell the story of that person. I was like, that's insane. And so she does research clearly to like figure out where each story and each song is coming from. Now I'm just like rolling through the lyrics in my brain, going like, all right. So as like, we'll have to we'll do a deep yeah, dive exactly. on this when we get we're, back to our desk. We'll have an entire podcast <laughs> just about come together. Um, well. Uh, is she? You know, I have to ask. Is is she one of your favorite contestants ever? On the show, um, she's definitely a standout. I, I have to say, I did a lot of like research and reviewing of the last 15, 14 seasons <laughs> to you know fit, remember all of my favorites. And I, I don't know if I'm gonna put her like in my top five, but, top but I really like her. We'll see. We'll I don't see. know. Wow. Yeah, we'll Man, see. We'll see. Tough. She still has to earn that spot. Well, since we're playing favorites, uh, let's talk some of our favorite Idol contestants ever on and off the show. That's a big distinction. Yeah, Katie was very adamant about that. Um, because, you know, sometimes there are great idol contestants who simply just, you know, don't go on to do a ton in the non-idol world, um, but were amazing on the show. Yeah. And then there are those that are the complete opposite. 
where they had you know a really amazing shining career kind of after Idol, um, but maybe Idol didn't showcase them in the in the right way right, right. for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, d- truth be told, I, I, this is all Katie. Um, <laughs> I'm here to listen and and sort of uh, you know bounce things off of, but. Uh, I yeah, this is this is the Katie show. Do so, we want to start with out, inside or outside the show? Um, well, I let's start with the 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 le- the less obvious first. Would, yeah, which so would let's be the go inside. inside the show yeah. for sure. So I kind of you asked me if I watched. Ferraros? Yeah, <laughs> you asked me if I'd watched every single season, and I like casually watched season one casually watch or pretty pretty regularly watch season two casually watch three and then went all in on season four so like the one that i know i saw every single episode was season four was season four carrie underwood season carrie underwood season um and i had a really strange favorite on season four you're not gonna guess uh all right (laughs) because i just promise you unless you look at the sheet in front of you you're not gonna guess no i'm not i'm not looking my favorite in season four was nico smith have you ever heard of this human (laughs) I, the name is familiar. So he was like an R&B singer, and he won me over uh, right away when they went to live shows, and he sang Stevie Wonder's Part-Time Lover, and he just nailed it. Like, he just totally nailed it. And I had not paid attention to him before then, and then I was like, all in on Nico Smith. Hmm. He's the son of Ozzy Smith, who's a baseball player. Oh, right. Um, and um, he only finished in ninth place, so I was like, just, I was like, man, I picked the wrong person to follow because he left the season very early mm-hmm. um another awesome performance of his was uh tevin campbell's can we talk hmm. and he also did a a cisco song not the thong song did you do incomplete incomplete and he did it wearing he came out wearing a fur floor length coat all right walked out and then shed the coat at some point <laughs> I was like, what is happening on American a, that, Idol right now? That's a very Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston <laughs> shedding, the, shedding was, the mink moment. It was incredible. It was incredible. So I don't know if anyone listening remembers Nico, but like he was the kind of guy that like I like ripped all of the MP3s of his Idol performances and had them like on my iPod at the time. Wow. Yeah. Like when I'm like running, I'm listening to Nico Smith singing Part Time Lover. <laughs> so I, that's how much I loved him. Uh, yeah. Well. <laughs> I don't have anything to come back with because I don't have a list. Well, I okay. I have another season four note. Um, do you remember the name Mario Vasquez? Did he go on to become Mario? No. No. That would have been great. No. He actually dropped out of Idol before they got to the top 10, which is when everyone goes on tour. <laughs> and he's one of your favorites? Well, no. He was, it was like very notable at the time. It was like a very like bold move. He was like, I don't want to get locked into the, the contract. contract. And, and the tour and all this. He's like, I want to be my own artist. I'm going to go out and have all this success on my own. How'd that work out? Meanwhile, you've never heard his name before. Mm. So that was like the first person to make that decision, like to, to take himself out of the running. And it did not did not end well. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure Idol made sure of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So those are those are Mario Vasquez's life regrets that he goes to bed every night thinking about. Wow. Who who else are some of your favorites from from the show, but maybe didn't? You okay, sort of... Elliot Yamin. Oh, but he had a good career afterwards. He, oh, he did. He had a big independent but, album, and but it did well. He's one of my favorite contestants, like on the show, like just the way he played it from start to finish. His voice is killer, and he was like the exact example of an American Idol contestant who, like, you can't see him being, like, a star on his own, like, getting to that point where people know about him. Well. Why, Katie? Why would you say that? (laughs) 
<laughs> he's not. He doesn't have the traditional pop star it, look. You know, I I think I think he's actually sort of you know handsome. Yes. In in in, in a maybe in not, an unconventional way. But I think I still think he's a good looking guy. Yeah, totally. And, and I was like, I mean, I I think maybe it's interesting that people are. are are we we we've set people into these cookie cutters of what a pop star should be, but mm-hmm. sometimes if you have like a perfectly great voice and you're a good looking person, you're just a bit too bland, and there's nothing there that makes you stand out. Yeah, and Elliot stood out. Oh my God, his voice was just amazing. And once again, a Stevie Wonder song is what stuck out to me. If you really love me, he's saying um, in his top twenty four performance. He actually ended up in the top three, so I was feeling yeah. better about my choice. Like I was like, okay, I, I picked a top three person this time instead of a ninth place finisher. So this is season five? This was season five. And he came in so third. So it was, uh, yeah, it was Taylor Hicks and Catherine McPhee were the first and Man, second places. what a weird top three. Yep. Yeah. Gosh. I loved Catherine, though. I was really into her. She had a, one of my favorite performances of hers was... Um, since I Fell for You. Do you know that song? No. It's everyone go look up Catherine McPhee, Since I Fell for You. It's such a good performance. Okay, moving on because uh-huh. I'm probably, I could take forever. No, you're fine. Season six, Blake Lewis. Well, Blake was great. He was great. So he finished in second place. Yeah, so to my people Jordan just Sparks. keep getting better. Yes, yeah. Jordan Sparks. Um, he had a lot of standout performances. I was like having trouble choosing one. Obviously, he was the one who beatboxed and sang. Right. But he was equally like, you know, the beatboxing thing was like his shtick when he first started. Yeah. And but then like he had a lovely voice too, like a really cool, smooth voice that worked really well on kind of like reggae-ish songs. He did some like 311. Um, but my favorite performances, he did the Supremes You Keep Me Hanging On. In, like, a really cool way. Okay. Um, He did Ryan Adams' When the Stars Go Blue, which I think was the first performance he did where he just didn't do any beatboxing. It was just a straight, pretty song. Mm -hmm. And then his most famous one was Bon Jovi's You Give Love a Bad Name. Right. Which he beatboxed the hell out of. (laughs) Wasn't it sort of like like basically like an acapella beatbox? Yeah, yeah. It's he was just a cool contestant because he was different than anybody who had ever been on the show before. And he's gone on to have you know moderate success as an independent artist. And um, I'm I'm not sure what he's up to exactly right now, but I know that he has had success on the charts after yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. My people, I didn't always pick just because they didn't do anything after the show, but they were just my favorite on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have like maybe like one or two others like that are great on the show? As yes. I as I force you to whittle this down to like yes. just two more. Well, I I actually only have two more on well, my great. list. So my season seven one is really embarrassing. I was looking through all the names and I was like, who was I rooting for in season seven? David Hernandez. Are you familiar with him? Wasn't he the guy that was like a stripper or go-go dancer at a gay bar? He was a a male stripper before the show and it like came out. Was he actually a stripper or was he just like a go-go dancer? I think he was a male stripper. That was what the story was at least. Well, see, there's a distinction. I absolutely. Stripper and go-go dancer. I'm pretty sure he was was a stripper. Like like, full-on like, (laughs) da-da, you can leave Full-on Magic Mike. Full-on Magic Mike. (laughs) I mean, if he had like Magic Mike skills and could sing, work that. I know. It really embarrassed me though because I was like, he obviously one of his like main appeals was that he was super handsome like super good looking really handsome yeah. but he performed um, The Temptations Papa Was a Rolling Stone and I even wrote in my notes so handsome just, so I like it so handsome so handsome so, so good just looking so very handsome he has such good rhythm um, uh, and then the stripper story came out and I was like oh man and it really like I think it legit it, it tanked him probably did yeah, yeah. with that like kind of conservative idol audience well, older because, uh, idol audience because the story wasn't just that he was like you know a uh, male exotic dancer 
or whatever whatever his profession was, it was the fact that he was doing it in a gay establishment. Oh, well. Right? Was that it? Come on, idol viewers. No, no. I mean, are you saying... I like, actually don't think that that... I just remember him being a male stripper. I don't okay, know so, what the details were. So I, well, I thought there was some sort of gay angle Okay, to it. well... You know, so I people, don't. so people actually, what you're saying is, because I was, I was reading it a different way. What you're saying is, people, people turned on him because they didn't like the fact that he was taking off his clothes for his profession. Yeah, had basically. nothing, had nothing to do with uh, w- whatever his personal life. As was. far as I knew, yeah. I mean, f- I mean, he may, I, I don't know. He I, only I, got to the top twelve, so he didn't even go on the tour that year. He wow. was like number twelve. Man, that would have been a great season. performance had he gone on tour. Oh my goodness. So handsome. It's like, everyone clear the stage. It's just going to be David Hernandez doing a private show. Make your children cover their eyes. All right, Katie. Okay, my last one. This is what I wanted to to finish with season eight, which was, by many opinions, the best season of American Idol. Um, It was the Adam Lambert, Chris Allen season. Oh, man. It's everyone kind of thinks that's where it, like, peaked and never got better after that moment. Um, Chris Allen was my guy from the beginning. So this was the first time I chose a winner, which I was very pleased with. But then also Adam Lambert was awesome, and it was kind of sad when he lost. I was actually at that finale. Really? And I was a huge Chris Allen fan the whole season. My biggest, um, my favorite song was when he did Kanye's Heartless. Yeah. And at that time, like, that was, like, a weird thing to do. Now I feel like a lot of people on singing competitions take a rap song and and turn it into a melodic song. That's, like, a pretty normal thing to do. Right. Um, back then, though, but back it was then, a big deal. But back then, yeah. And he totally changed the song. I mean, he he invented his own song from Kanye's rap verses. Like, it was a completely new melody. Right. Um, anyway, I was in the audience, and people lost their minds in the audience when Adam Lambert lost. Like, people were... Like, people walked out when he... And, like, there was still, you know, the performance, the coronation song, the confetti was still coming down. Adam Lambert fans, like, cleared out of that place. They were so upset. Well... Anyway, I feel, feel like there will never be, like, a moment... Like a moment this. like this. <laughs> well, I mean, that that was a moment where it was more than just, you know, picking between two competitors. It was more about kind of a pop culture face-off mm-hmm. between conservativeness. White bread. White bread, conservative. <laughs> yeah. And God love Chris. Yes. Um, and he was great. And he's great. People, like, look back and they're like... The boring guy be Adam Lambert, but like he yeah. had a great, like so many great performances. Well, that's the, but that's the story. It yeah. is boring, middle of the road, mm-hmm. beat something that challenged people, someone mm-hmm. that wore eyeliner, something mm-hmm. that was different, mm-hmm. something that was gay. Yeah, and that's you know like straight, boring white guy mm-hmm. beats you know cool gay alternative guy. Yeah, even though cool gay alternative guy had like the voice. That cannot be beat. That mm-hmm. is pitch perfect, and that can hit every gosh darn note possible, mm-hmm. and can sing anything. Yep. and can sing rings around everyone mm-hmm. else, and yet he still lost. Mm-hmm. And that, and people, I think, viewed that as a vote against people like Adam. Right. Robert. Totally. Yeah. So, but the good thing was, it wasn't like some talentless hack. One no, against Adam no, Lambert. No, totally. But Chris I, is obviously a very talented history individual. History is that kind to that moment, for no, sure. No, of course not. I mean, you know, it, it, and that's and that's why it makes for great TV. And yes. that's why American Idol was so huge for a time. And I mentioned that season eight was kind of where everyone thinks it peaked. Just for a reminder, season nine, Lee DeWise was the next winner, and Ellen DeGeneres was a judge. Yeah, everything just went south like, real quick. So, so, so south. So the Adam and Chris season was the final season where... Um, 
Paula, Simon, and Randy were all... Were the only judges. Because in the next year, Paula well, was still actually, there and joined by Ellen, right? Actually, I think Cara Diaguardi was a judge during Adam and That's right, Adam Cara and, and Paula were all yeah. on at the same time. So then in season nine, Ellen came on. It was Ellen, Cara, Randy, and Simon. Yeah, Ellen just, just... Ellen no. and Cara were not really that great. And then season 10 is when Simon left. And that's when J-Lo and Steven Tyler came on and with it just uh, all Randy. Just, all just collapsed. Yep. Um, well, now we are going to um, count down the top five biggest selling American Idol contestants by album sales. Hmm. And the great thing about these top five best selling American Idol contestants is that I have the feeling most of them are some of uh, Katie's favorite contestants that were off of Idol, in addition to also having amazing times on Idol. So these, these two things kind of work together. Absolutely. We, we get Katie's favorites on and now off and on, um, <laughs> as well as my list of the top five best-selling contestants from American Idol. So number five, actually, and this is by album sales, uh, according to Nielsen Music. Number five is Fantasia with 3.2 million albums sold. I think that number might surprise some people because Fantasia is such a sort of a core R&B artist. She hasn't had really hardly any, barely, pop hits. Right. She's very firmly core an R&B artist, but you hear her all over R&B radio. Yeah. And, you know, uh, she's going on tour this summer, but she's had like a very, very solid career, and she's so talented. And, uh, yeah. Man, and she was such a good contestant, too. She's And she's just... She's compelling and interesting mm-hmm. and cool and it kind of recalls Porsche's La Porsche's story actually. And, Single you know, mom, like dealing with getting out of a bad relationship, etc. She one of your favorites off the show? Um, Fantasia? Yeah. I have to say I only knew her single Truth Is, which wow. I loved, by the way. That was I actually that that was on pop radio back in the day. It was like two thousand four or sure. something. Yeah. Um, number four, Clay Aiken. Who did not win his season? Unlike if Fantasia. I was invisible, <laughs> kind of creepy. We've been singing that song in the, the office. Last couple because days. Because the next line is, "I would just watch you in your sleep, in your room. I, I would, would just, just watch, watch you in your, in your room. room. If I, that's what I'd do if I were invisible. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you're gonna be asleep, but you, I'll just watch you. But I'll just watch you. Don't, don't mind me. Don't, don't mind, mind that me. cool breeze <laughs> going through your room. <laughs> Oh, dear. Clay has sold 5.1 million albums in the United States, according to Nielsen Music. Um, Number three is uh, Chris Daughtry, uh, you know, or a.k.a. Of the the band Daughtry. Of the band Daughtry, which he is the lead singer and the front man for. 7.35 million albums. Wow. And he was one of those ones who had a gone too soon idol story. Yeah, he was like, what, fourth or fifth? Yes, fifth place, I think. Yeah. And that was in the Carrie Bow season, too. Season four. uh, Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Was that Jennifer Hudson season two? Mm, No, Jennifer Hudson was season three. She was like, what, she placed 14th or something? Uh, she was like seventh oh, or she eighth. she was also yeah she was it was I thought she was like fifth or sixth gone or too soon that is yeah that's like the gone too soon Hall of Fame Chris yeah. Daughtry and Jennifer Hudson um, number two Kelly Clarkson oh oh I've never heard of her <laughs> you may have heard of this lady Kelly she's, Clarkson she's my number one outside of Idol pick like Kelly Clarkson she uh, yeah the career thirteen point nine eight million albums sold um, and still just doing gangbusters. And she is, she, she, I mean, really. It, <laughs> that I mean, says look, it all. <laughs> I mean, come on, if you don't win, you got, you're gonna win. Uh, 
she's I mean, awesome. But, but Kelly is just, she's her personality is just so, like, just straight up Kelly. Yep. It's just her. Yep. And there's no filter. No apologies. It's just, and, and she's, she's just so compelling. Yep. So... Uh, magnetic. She's got such so great charisma. Talented. So talented. And she's always just one of those people where you're just like, she's like an Adele where you just want to like, not only do you want to listen to her music. But you'd like to have a beer with her? Yes. You just want to like <laughs> hang out. Yeah. You're just like, oh my God, you're so cool. Can I go to your Nashville house and just crack a beer and do a barbecue or something? Yeah. <laughs> Can I just, I'll babysit for you. <laughs> yes. Um, and then uh, number one. Is Carrie Underwood. Yes. 15.94 million albums sold, which shouldn't be surprising considering how successful she has been. Did you know that Simon Cowell told Carrie on the show, not only do I think you're going to win the show. She is going to sell more records than than any other idol contestant. That came after her performance of Hearts Alone. Mm -hmm. 80s night. Which I vividly remember because I think... Oh no! That wall of hair that she it had that great. night. <laughs> she she wanted to do something that was '80s and very you know '80s ladies rocker. And um, I don't think I actually I don't think I actually saw it live that night, but I remember hearing about it the next day. And people were saying, "Oh, did you see Carrie do Alone?" I'm like, "Well, I love Alone." Mm-hmm. And I watched it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is so good!" Yeah. And she had it down, and that the way she looked in the camera. And then when Simon said that, everyone was like, "Whoa!" Yep. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement. Yeah. And Simon, you know, makes lots of bold statements. But that one... Came true! Yeah. He's, he, he Big said, time. He said right then that she is going to win the season and that she is going to sell more records than any other idol. He's right. And he's right. <laughs> and he's also on the cover of Billboard magazine on Newsstands Now. On Newsstands Now, available <laughs> on Billboard.com. Were there any of the of, of your favorites off the show that I did not mention in the top five yes. bestsellers? Um, yes, there are. Well, we, we kind of halfway mentioned Jennifer Hudson. I mean, she kind of has had this career that is now skewed a little more movie-oriented, I mean, she, she, too. She's an Academy Award-winning actress. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I mean, she's also just been, like, she, I don't think anyone thinks of her as like the American Idol girl in any sense now. She's an Oscar winner and a working actress and killing it, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then Todrick Hall. That's right. Season nine. Todrick the Lee DeWise season. The Lee DeWise season. What 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 did Todrick <laughs> even make the top twenty four? Uh yes. He made I, th- I think he made the top twelve and then got Really? Yeah. He didn't make, he wasn't on the tour. Todrick Hall is a big, um, I mean, he's just, I don't know what you'd call him. He's just an entertainer. He's a, he's like a. Had had his own MTV show. That's right. YouTube star. I mean, he came, I mean, he came from, I mean, his, his greatest success to most people, I think, are probably his, his kind of quasi parody videos Mm -hmm. where, you know, he'll take like a Disney song or a musical song, turn it on its ear um, perform it and sing it, but he'll also have like a cast of characters that will do a parody with him. And like he did one for Taylor Swift, and Taylor loved it so much, like they became they hang out, they now. hang out and became BFFs, and like you know they just went to Calvin Harris's show together like a week ago in Vegas, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you don't know Todrick Hall, you if you've flown Virgin America, he's the guy in the uh, in-flight safety video. Really? Oh my God! You go to your desk and watch this after the podcast. I am obsessed with the song in the Virgin America in-flight safety video. <laughs> He's, he is so super talented. So good. Um, well, before we get to our interview with Jordan Smith. because <laughs> So much. So much. <laughs> so good. We have to talk about the charts and how a voice coach makes a big debut on the Billboard 200 this yeah. week. 
Gwen Stefani, who was a coach on the seventh and ninth seasons of The Voice, and the ninth season is the season that Jordan Smith won, she debuts at number one on the chart with her third solo album, This Is What the Truth Feels Like. Or as Katie says, This Is What the Truth Sounds Like. Yeah, sorry, I gave it a new name if that's okay with Gwen. <laughs> Maybe it's just the way the music makes her feel. Yeah, I, 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 hear, I hear it. I, I feel, I'm feeling that. <laughs> feel her. Um, it's her first solo number one album and follows two top ten sets, The Sweet Escape and Love Angel Music Baby. Gwen, of course, is also the lead singer of the band No Doubt, and they too had a number one album with Tragic Kingdom, their breakthrough um, album on our charts, of course, has Don't Speak on it and all those huge hits, and then they went on to have a fabulous Spiderwebs, just Spider- a girl. You may have heard of these tracks. <laughs> Um, I, you know, Gwen is one of uh, a number of folks who have had a number one as a solo artist, but also were in a group that had a number one album. So those folks would include Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. because NSYNC had number ones with uh, No Strings Attached and Celebrity, and then he went on to have uh, his own number one career. Um, Stevie Nicks. Oh, sure. With Belladonna and Fleetwood Mac before that with Mm -hmm. Rumors. Um, Beyonce. A little someone named Beyonce. Destiny's Child. Um, So, you know, there's uh, uh, Paul McCartney and John Lennon of the Beatles and George Harrison. Mm -hmm. I thought it was, it's, 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 I I guess it's got to be a little bit sad that Ringo Starr has never had a number one album. He's still good. He went to number two. He's totally still good. He's had number ones on the Hot 100 singles chart. Yeah, so he's doing okay for himself. He's doing okay. Um, so uh, there, there's your there's your sort of chart update this week about the Billboard 200 chart. Um, granted, most of the show is about is about a reality uh, television. Gwen stuff. fits right in though. But Gwen fits in. She's yeah. on the show. Yeah, she's made the transition. Yeah. Um, now it's time for our guest interview with Jordan Smith. Uh, Jordan won the ninth season of The Voice and wowed audiences with his own stellar voice. He's already topped our Hot Christian Songs chart a number of times, and he did so while competing on The Voice. Now he has released his debut studio album, Something Beautiful, which bows on our charts this week. And he recently stopped by our New York office and caught up with our very own Gary Trust. They talked about the new album, talked about his experiences on the show and what's coming up for him. It was a fun little chat and he seems like he's a very busy guy right now. Yeah. So uh, check out our interview with Jordan Smith. All right, we're here in Billboard's New York City offices. Gary Trust here, co-director of charts on the Billboard Pop Shop podcast. Really excited to have with us, uh, you know him, the winner of The Voice, brand new uh, album out, something beautiful, Jordan Smith. Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. Everything a little bit crazy or everything calm? How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a little bit crazy. Life's been a little bit of a whirlwind just over the past few months since the show ended, but it's been it's been fun. It's you a s- roller coaster. You seem low key. You seem okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of gliding through, navigating my way through all this uncharted territory. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it maybe less pressure than the weekly grind and pressure of performing on The Voice and being judged? Is this Maybe a little bit calmer because you're kind of doing your own thing now. You're not always looking to someone else. How did I do? How was this performance? A little more control in that sense? Totally, yeah. There's there's kind of a relief of pressure in that sense that I'm not, you know, standing up in front of millions of Americans every week to, to sing for their votes <laughs> and to try and impress, you know, uh, 
celebrity coaches and, and try and ousting other contestants. Um, it's been nice over the past few weeks as I've been working on, you know, uh, my album, Something Beautiful, and, and as I've been performing in different places and, and some really cool venues, it's it's been nice to just be me and, and focus on just, you know, representing myself in the best way possible and, and um, just being me and enjoying it and enjoying the ride instead of having to live up to any kind of pressure or anything like that. Yeah, that has to be a little weird, I think, because you, you go through your whole life, you, you do your thing, and then all of a sudden for those those few months, every performance, you're just at the mercy of what other people are thinking about you. That must be kind of an odd psychological angle where all of a sudden you just feel so judged for the first time like that. It definitely is uh, something to get used to. It's a, it's a very... Um, interesting. It's a very interesting learning <laughs> process that you that you go through when you're on the show, and and you kind of are in a, a strange headspace at times, just right. because you're not used to that that kind of like you said that kind of attention and that kind of um, you know people judging you every single week based based on your performances. But it does kind of teach you um, you know that every performance counts, and every time you you get up in front of people, they're going to take away something, whether it's something they saw or heard or something that you said, and and so it kind of teaches you the value of each opportunity to be in front of an audience but yeah it's it's definitely a, a lot of pressure and then when you win though it has to be such a validation okay <laughs> it was all worth it, it it's okay they do like me absolutely it's uh it's definitely so surreal when you're in that moment standing there and they call and Carson calls your name and and you know that you're the winner it's definitely a surreal moment but it is uh it's just a culmination of a lot of hard work paying off right then and there and it's uh it's crazy to look back on that and and think that even though I'd done so much hard work to get to that point, that was really when the hard work actually, the real hard work actually started for right. me. It's been, uh, it's been kind of crazy just taking off since then. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a surreal thing to be sitting there at the end and hear them say your name. And now uh, Billboard chart action is the latest measure of how well you're doing. Mm-hmm. So congratulations on uh, the arrival of your first album, Thank Something you. Beautiful. Can you tell us how uh, these covers came about? It's sort of an interesting mix of inspirational songs, uh, all kinds of uh, songs that I'm assuming really mean a lot to you. Yeah, they, they really do. Um, there's there's a mix of covers and originals on the album. There are f- about four originals and about eight covers. and. Um, I just kind of handpicked these songs because they spoke to me in some way and there are songs that I either enjoy listening to or that I relate to and I think that people can relate to and uh, so many of them have stories and messages that are so universal and they tell a story when they're put all together and there's it's it's so funny there are songs from all across the spectrum there's a Rihanna song on there uh, what now and there's um, on one version of the album there's a Florence and the Machine song but then there's also you know Over the Rainbow and um, and so it goes by Billy Joel all songs which are which are my favorites and I think it kind of shows where I pull lots of my influences from I think it shows that I you know listen to a lot of diverse music but I think that um, it's just a collection of songs that are are beautiful. I think it is something beautiful as a whole, and I think that it tells a, a very specific story that I think people need to hear. And with a song like Amazing Grace and some of uh, the more religious uh, songs, you're also uh, getting into that uh, market as well in terms of uh, the music. It's it's a little bit pop. It's, it has that inspirational element as well. Yeah, it's it's all very inspirational. And, and I, there are a couple of um, of Christian songs on there. Specifically, you know, Amazing Grace is a hymn, is an old hymn that I've you know sung since I was just a just a kid growing up in church. And and I think that those kind of snuck their way on there just because it's such a 
big part of who I am and it just so accurately represents me and I was able to show that side of myself on the show and it was so encouraged and supported and so I wanted to include it in this project as well. But it, the whole project um, altogether really does have an inspirational message, and, and I want people that listen to it, um, when they're finished listening, I want them to feel better than, than they you know felt when they started. That's a great message. And uh, going forward, you said the, the work is just kind of beginning now. Maybe it's a little less uh, pressure than that direct looking right into the camera, getting mm-hmm. judged. But <laughs> yeah. what's up ahead? Now that the album comes out, what, what's uh, up ahead in the next few weeks, next few months, and this yeah. year? So much is going on. Um, you know, I'm getting my inbox is like filling up every single day. I get email after email with so many new opportunities. And I've been so you know fortunate to build an amazing team of people. And uh, I'm continuing to do that. I'm continuing just to surround myself with people that share a vision and and are, uh, you know, sharing similar goals with me. But moving forward, I'm going to finish. I'm, I don't think I'll ever finish, but I'm going to finish with this um, kind of promotion tour that I'm on now. And we're kind of in promotional mode for the album. And then um, I'm, I'm going to have some pretty unique performance opportunities coming up that I'm really excited about. And uh, we haven't announced a tour or anything like that, but... Um, I've got some pretty cool things coming up and then I'm getting married in the summer. So that's important as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) so I'm trying to kind of balance this crazy whirlwind that's been happening since the show and you know, that, that whole wedding planning and engagement thing too. That that might just take over. The, the music part might wind up uh, being a little secondary <laughs> on some days, I'm thinking. On some days. It goes back and forth. <laughs> well, geez, congratulations on everything, uh, Jordan. You. What a what a great year. This is uh, setting up to be for you. Yeah, thank you so much. I thought, I thought 2015 was a big year, but 2016 is already proving to be pretty special itself. Well, congratulations. Thanks again for coming on the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Thank you. Thanks again to Jordan and congratulations on your success on the charts this week. And uh, much like how I fell into a YouTube uh, tizzy rabbit hole with <laughs> La Portia earlier, I um, started watching some Jordan Smith uh, YouTube videos. I'd seen already a couple, like I saw his performances in the voice of Somebody to Love and Mary Did You Know. Um, his voice, man. His voice is kind of like an Adam Lambert mm. in a way. I'm not sure if he it's has powerful. It's a, but and it's and he adds. It's that very clear clarity. But then I also watched him do. Um, I watched his uh, blind audition mm-hmm. when he did Chandelier, mm-hmm. and it's always fun to watch the judges react. And they all like Gwen had the best reaction. Like she hit the buzzer, turned around, she's like, "What?" <laughs> and her leg went up in the air. And, and at the end of the performance, she got up out of her chair and ran up and hugged him. <laughs> Because she was like, oh, my God, that was amazing. So uh, he, his his voice is just so good. And I usually haven't really, I haven't been moved to watch a lot of voice stuff, honestly. Well, I think it shows how, like, why he's a breakout from yeah. the show. Yeah, and there's a reason why yeah. that he's broken out. So that's why. Um, you know what time it is, Katie? What time is it? It's time for the chart stat of the week. Oh, Yeah. All right, so this is an unconventional chart set of the week. It's it's related to the TV reality singing competition stuff. So it's not really hinging on a specific chart feat or particular moment in history. It's more of just a catch-all and an excuse for me to talk about this particular topic. Um, so what do the following Billboard chart-topping acts all have in common? And all of these artists have hit number one on a Billboard chart. 
So this is where the, the chart stat comes in. Okay. Beyonce, Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, Leanne Rimes, Casey Musgraves, Tiffany, Usher, and Alanis Morissette. What do they all have in common aside from being Billboard chart toppers? Well, unless Beyonce was on the Mickey Mouse Club. I know. <laughs> I, I, I saw that as I put the names I'm like, well, Justin, Christina, and Brittany were all on the new Mickey Mouse and Club. And Alanis was on Kids Incorporated. Oh, no, new, you can't do that on television. Yes. Fergie was on Kids Incorporated. Uh, I don't think Casey Musgraves was on any sort of kid, uh, I don't think kid so show. Either. Uh, well, you you actually know the answer because it's in front of you. Yes. Um, they were all contestants on TV talent competition series, uh, namely Star Search or Nashville Star. Ooh, who was on Nashville Star? Casey Musgraves was on Nashville Star? Believe it or not, Casey Musgraves was uh, in seventh. She finished seventh in the fifth season. Really? Yeah, the seventh in the fifth season. There have actually been a lot of good people. Miranda Lambert came from Nashville Star. Miranda, Miranda Lambert, uh, who I didn't mention earlier. Miranda Lambert came in third place on the first season That's of Nashville Star. <laughs> so dumb. Chris, uh, Chris Young, who's actually a successful country artist, yeah. won Nashville Star Re- one Okay, year. so there's a new duet out between Chris Young and Cassidy Pope. Little did I know, they both came from TV talent competitions. Nashville Star, uh, d- you know, done, did pretty well for itself there. Yes. Um, you know, all these shows, Nashville Star, The Voice, American Idol, owe a lot to the famed uh, 1980s TV talent competition series Star Search. Hosted by Ed McMahon, the show had an array of categories for folks to compete in. Everything from singing and acting to spokesmodel and stand-up <laughs> comedy. One of the, uh, I think one of the spokesmodel winners was, I, I believe... Or winner or competitor was Bobby Brown, who is probably best known as the girl in Warrant's Cherry Pie video. Yes. I think she might have even dated the lead singer of Warrant. I, I think that's probably true. Could be. I don't know. Don't hold, don't hold <laughs> me to that. Um, Star Search ran for 12 years between 1983 and 1995, and even, even came back for a year with Arsenio Hall hosting it in 2003 and 2004. As, as American Idol was rising, yeah. suddenly they brought back Star Search, thinking, oh, it's going to work, and then it didn't. Um, while Star Search had some notable winners, um, including the country band Sawyer Brown and vocalist Sam Harris, Star Search might possibly be better known as the show that spawned a zillion hugely famous losers. Um, in addition to the folks I already mentioned, like Christina and Justin and Brittany and Beyonce, who Beyonce, performed, it was like a like an early version of Destiny's Destiny Child. Child. It was right? called Girls Time. Yeah, and Kelly Rowland was there yeah. with Beyonce at, with some other women. Yeah, um, and. Clearly, it didn't work. Or girls. They girls. were probably like 15 or were, something, yes. right? Yes. Um, didn't work out. Um, but, you know, in addition to all those folks that I mentioned already, Aaliyah was also on Star Search. Usher. I remember seeing Usher. Tori Kelly. Wow. So was she like really young or I was would, it on the new version? Yeah, Must I, have been. I, I think it was the new version. It had to be the Arsenio because version. Because on the, on the new Arsenio version, David Archuleta was also on there mm. before he was on American Idol later. Tori Kelly was also on. American Idol. Yes, but oh. she was on the like a kids uh, singing competition. Man, too. Like she really tried all that. And how did she not win all of them? She's incredible. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um. So so there's your kind of uh, not quite a traditional chart set of the week. Uh, all about all of the fabulous people that have topped the charts that were once seen on Star Search and Nashville Star. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, that's it. 
Um, we went. No in, more idle talk. No more idle talk because I mean, I mean, this is this is a long show this week. Yeah. If if you if you stuck with us throughout the entire thing, we appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and if you have any, if, if you, you do, if, we probably should be best friends. <laughs> if you want to gush about Idol or uh, La Portia or uh, you know any any anything Idol. Hit up Katie at KT Atkinson. She, she's your girl. <laughs> um, what what uh, what uh, uh, what song should we go out on here? Oh man, so many choices. A moment like this. No. Yeah. Why not? Well. Uh, or wait, how about just Kelly? How about like? Oh, how about Miss Independent? Which was uh, co-written by Christina Aguilera. That was like her first non-coronation song post-idol hit. Yeah, that was a, that was a hit. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely Miss Independent. We'll go out on Miss Independent, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.